around one second here. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. God has blessed us with a beautiful, sunshiny day. I got the roof off the Jeep. Hopefully it won't rain. It seems like every time I take it off, we get wet. <laughs> but it's been great. We're in our fourth week of the Warrior Series, the final one. In the past couple weeks, we talked about that we are all called to be warriors for Christ. And the second week, we talked about overcoming our inner coward, which we all have. You know, things that God calls us to do sometimes. We really don't, we doubt ourselves that we are capable of it. And if one thing we know, if God calls us to do it, we're more than capable of doing it. Our, our um, responsibility is obedience, the outcome is His. And last week we talked about the wounded warrior and how wounds can really destroy you and keep you back from doing God's work. And how you can be healed through Christ and through the cross. You know, so many times in our lives, scars of our past really affect our future. And we have a choice. We can grow from them or we can let them destroy us. You know, I, I, talk, I shared some about my childhood with, you know, with my things that has happened and how it influenced me. You know, we are really called to be warriors and with Christ. And we are designed by God to do this. We stick up for what is right, even if it means going against the grain. And Christianity, if you look at today's world, is definitely going against the grain of this world. You know what? That's okay with me. I'll never fit in because I don't belong here. We belong in heaven. And we're never going to fit in in this world. We're never going to fit in the clique with what is out there because we know what the truth is. And the truth will set you free. And we also talked about that we have, what were the three points? About we okay. someone protect very good and the last one a battle went very good she gets a gold star yeah. that is really what's true we do have someone to protect that's our family we need to kick Satan out of our house our life. And we need to protect our family. We need to know what our kids are doing. You know, we can't just let them go and let the Internet be their parent. We have to step up. We need to put down what we're doing and spend time being a parent to be a godly father, a godly husband. You know, we need to support our spouse, pick them up when they're gone, support each other, pray for each other. You know, no matter what, we are called to do what's to stand up for our family and to kick the devil out of our house. And we all have battles in our lives, things that we have to fight. You know, like I talked about the first week, it's time to throw a punch. When Satan backs you in the corner, that's the one time this pastor's telling you it's okay to fight back. You know, you don't turn the other cheek when Satan comes at you. You throw a Holy Spirit-packed punch and tell him to get away from you and your family. And God has given you that power through the Holy Spirit. It says in Scripture, if you say by His name, by the blood of Jesus Christ, Satan has to leave. You know what? You can command that demon to sit down and you can worship in front of him. That's the power we have. That is what is so awesome. That we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead inside each and every one of us. You know, it says in Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of darkness. The darkness of this world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
That is where our battle is. It's a spiritual battle. And I also, we also talked about how God has equipped us with the armor of God. And we need to put that on every day. You know, truthfully, every morning when I get up, which is 4.45, which is not fun to get up, but I pray every morning. I put the armor of God. I pray to protect my family, to protect you guys, to protect Pastor Phil, who's resting up, and I really miss him. <laughs> you know, he's a great guy, you know. I really... He is one of those people that was put into my life for a reason. And you guys are really lucky to have him for a pastor, but you're stuck with me for another two weeks. <laughs> but I was just saying, it was nice to see him this morning for a minute. You know, we really need to be ready for battle. And no warrior wants to go into battle. It is not something we want to do, but we need to be prepared. And stay prepared with the whole, stay in the scripture, stay stay prepared. In this part of the sermon series is about the four the things a warrior needs to have and to do. And it is so important to always be ready for battle. You know they say prepare for pray for peace but prepare for war. And that's what it is in the spiritual life. You know, I'd much rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war in a war. And we are in a spiritual war right now. The world is getting darker every day. And I want to stop right there. Dear Heavenly Father, right now I want to come before you and pray for our troops in Afghanistan that they all come home safely. Some of us have family and friends over there, and I pray for protection. I pray for strength, and I pray for peace, Lord. Please be with them. And thank you for what they do. In your heavenly name I pray. And the first thing that a warrior needs is every warrior needs courage. And that's not always easy. You know, Joshua chapter 1, 6 through 9, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I have sworn to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the laws of my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it Turn, sorry, do not turn from it the right or the left, that you may be successful in whatever you, you, you go. Keep the book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be purposeful and successful. I have not commanded you, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's a great promise, and that's something we, all, we forget sometimes. I know in my life when I've gone through trials and troubles, sometimes I've truly have forgotten God's with me. You know, it's a natural thing to be afraid. You know, you cannot be a warrior without courage. And courage is not not being afraid. It's courage is not the absence of fear. It is choosing to live with the fear and to live by faith. We have learned that God is with us. God has always come through it. Everybody who has here today has been through storms in their life. And we have scars, but you know what? God was with us before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. You know, Satan always wants us to forget that. 
You know, Jesus is always in the boat. Like I talked about a couple weeks ago when the disciples were in the storm and Jesus is sleeping in the boat and they're freaking out. And he woke up, he of little faith. We always forget that God is with us and he loves us and he protects us and he is always, we always learn. I, I want to read this. I have learned courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is, is not not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And that was Nelson Mandela said that. Every warrior's greatest fear is failure. And that is true. We are always afraid of failing because we sometimes we lack trust in God. God has the battle. Like I've always said, we fight from victory, not for victory. God's won it. I've read the end of the book, We Win. You know, but there's battles that we have to fight. And also, every warrior's greatest pain is regret. I know in my life I have felt the calling to share the Christ with somebody, and I have missed that opportunity. And it is really, and something has happened where I've never gotten an opportunity, and that weighs on me. You know, regret is one of the worst things we can do. And if we, we want to live with very little regret, is we have to trust God. You have to raise above your fear and failure. You'll always live with pain and regret. If you can't get past those two, you're going to live with that. We have to trust that God has the battle. Courage comes from the sword of God. Can anybody tell me what the sword of God is? Close. God's word. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will cut marrow to the bone. That is the word of God. And we have to open our Bibles and read them. A Bible does no good sitting on your coffee table collecting dust. I actually seen a thing on Facebook. It had read me written in the dust on the Bible. Yeah. I wear my Bible out. <laughs> I love reading it. And I'm the old school guy. I still like the old Bible. I mean, we have the phone apps. That's what I use at work because being a mechanic, you don't want to touch your Bible after you've been working on a car. <laughs> That's not highlighting, it's grease. <laughs> but it's so important. The, the sword of God is the word, and that is what we need to use as a warrior to give us courage. You know, I want to ask, I want you guys to ask yourself a question. What is one thing you would do if you did not have a fear of failing? There's always something in our life that we're afraid of. I, like I talked about, when God called me to be a pastor, I was terrified. I mean, I used to be the party guy. I used to be the idiot with the lampshade on his head. And I came to Christ, and a couple weeks later, God tells me he wants me to be a pastor. And I'm like, yeah, right, there's somebody else in this car. Well, I'm, like I said, it's the most life-changing words I've ever heard. I came home to tell my wife that I wanted to be a pastor, and I'm waiting for her to laugh. And she says, what's stopping you? And I'm like, well, there's my out right out the door. <laughs> but we have to stop being afraid. When God calls us for us, he's going to prepare us for it. He's going to be there for us. We have the equipment. We just have to have the faith and to get rid of the fear. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7 tells us, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Timidity. Uh, sorry, I'm having a tongue-twisting morning. But the power of love and self-discipline. 
We do not have a spirit of fear. We are children of the creator of the universe. Why do we fear? Why do we doubt? God loves us that much that he has called each and every one of us by name. And he loved us enough to die for us. You think he's going to leave you hanging? No. Whatever God has called you to do, you need to do it. The second thing is that a warrior must be prepared. If you go into battle and you're not prepared, you're going to get your butt whooped. I don't know if I can say that from over here, but that's the truth. You have to be prepared. And you've got to be prepared by being in the Spirit, by worshiping, by spending time in God's Word. You know, if your life's full of problems and you're not doing anything about it but worrying about the problems, get in God's Word. Spend time with God. Pray. Tell Him what's going on. He wants to hear from you. The best quote I ever heard on Facebook, which I'm not a big fan of, was, if you can't sleep at night, turn your problems over to God. He'll be up all night. He's always there, and He always, always will listen. You can't become a warrior become a warrior if you aren't seriously serious about being being prepared. You know, Joshua 2 verse 1, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly went, sent two spies from Smit to go look over the land. He said, especially Jericho. So they went, entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Um, they listened to God and they went into the enemy camp to see what was going on. But see, God already was preparing the way. God knew what they were going to do. He, she was working, he was working on the heart of Rahab, who took them in. They hid them. You know, preparation is the routine of a warrior. You know, when I was training and I was competing with martial arts, I trained continuously. I'd get up in the morning, I'd train. I'd train before a mat. You have to prepare, and that's the same way. A warrior is more concerned with faith, faithfulness than self-preservation. We have to trust God that he has the battle. And we have to prepare. It is so important that we trust God and we are prepared for what's coming. You know, read scripture. Because when you're reading scripture and you're studying God, if somebody's questioning God, questioning about a relationship with God, wants to know about God, and asks you a question, if you spend time in the Word, guess what? You're going to know the answer. You need to prepare you know, the spies were more consumed of, with making God's name famous than their own safety. They were concerned about the promise God has made, that they were going to deliver them to the land. A warrior are willing to risk their lives to be on God's side. You know, and Joshua 2.3, it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, I reread that already, sorry, my computer went backwards. First uh, Peter 3.15 Says, but in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That is so important when people come to us with a question about faith. Don't ever, ever come with an attack. You know, you have to be loving and gentle. I mean, you love the person, not the sin. And you have to be bold enough to tell them that, hey, God's not cool with what you're doing. But you still love the person. That is where the old church dropped the ball so bad to me, is we don't accept the sin, but we still love the sinner. 
like I talked about, this place here is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. When you come in this door, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And as a church, and being warriors for Christ, we need to come alongside. We need to pray. We need to be there. We need to listen. Sometimes the best thing you can do is listen. Some people just need to talk. That is what's so important. You know? It is so important that we represent the love of Christ as Christians. And then we go on to Joshua in verses 2-4. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gates, they left. I don't know which way they went, but go after them quickly so you may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hid them under the stalks and flax she had laid out on the roof. A warrior's confidence comes from being personally involved with God, a relationship with God. That is so important. Our lives have to represent a mere image of the love of Christ. So much time we waste worrying about what God has called us to do that we miss opportunities. You know, when God always rewards faithfulness. He always rewards when we trust in Him. You know, I can tell you so many times in my life that I have been in the middle of the storm and I've been so afraid and God has come through. And the more I grow in my faith, I've realized that when something bad's happening, I start looking for God because I know He's going to show up at some point in time. And it's always amazing. God's timing is always perfect. You know, Joshua 2, 9 through 11, and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and the great fear of you have fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Seas for you when you came out of Egypt and that you did to Sihon and Og the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan who you completely destroyed when we heard of this our hearts melted with fear and everyone's courage failed because of you for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below that see Rahab knew in her heart that these were servants of the real God. And the the spies were probably scared. I mean, here they are, two men inside the city where if they were found out, they were killed. But God prepared the way for them. He prepared Rahab's heart to hide them. We get so lost in in our fear sometimes that we need to stand strong and trust in God and be prepared. Stay in the Word. You know, when your fears get greater than your faith, that's when things go wrong. But when your faith is greater than your fear, that's when we conquer, when we have the victory. You know, I'll never forget the first time I came up in front to preach. I was terrified. You know, you're talking to somebody. I've worked as a bodyguard. I've worked security. I don't get scared easy. I was sweating bullets. I'll never forget, I'm sitting there in the corner, and I was ready to run out the door. And then 
Phil throws me another curveball a couple weeks later. I go through the district assembly in my training. He calls me and tells me he wants me to preach here. And I'm like, Phil's on the board. He's like, one, and he's, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm like, I'll never be a pastor. So, you know, I was afraid. But my faith that God's in me, that God, that God had faith in me to become who, the pastor I am, one, Worry does not allow their past failures to define their futures. You know, and actually, our past failures are preparation for our future. We learn from them. You know, the thing I always tell my kids, it's not a mistake if you learn from it. You know, we make mistakes. We all do. That's my wife. She'll tell you all the mistakes I make. But she probably has them written down in a book somewhere. Because they never forget. (laughs) But she loves me. She knows I'm not perfect. I'm human. And that is the point, you know. We have to prepare that for what has happened. You know, in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 31, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. She was obedient to God. I'm sure Rahab was afraid. If she would have gotten caught, she would have been killed along with the spies. And that brings me to my third point that a warrior needs perseverance. This is a long, drawn-out war we are in. It's been started since Adam bit the apple and Eve, and it is not stopping. In Hebrews 10.36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. And that is so true. We need to persevere. We need to push. We need to keep going. God has never made a promise that he has not kept. He's never changed his mind. He has a perfect track record. If you read the Bible, there's no, oops, I I changed my mind. No, he always keeps his promises. And if we persevere and we push and we push and we stay faithful, we will overcome what is in our way. You know, I know so many of us have family members that we just keep praying and praying for. And they just, they don't come to God yet. And we start blaming ourselves and we start, it's God's work. He's put, she, he has put the seed in our heart to share the gospel with them. You know, my friend 20, 30 years ago who shared the gospel with me, I wasn't ready to listen. I didn't care. But he planted seeds that later changed my heart, changed my life. We have to persevere. You know, it is so important that we remember. You know, perseverance is developed over time. You know, when we see a wall, God sees a way through. We have to always keep that in mind that no matter what barrier is keeping us from, what addiction, what problems we have, God sees a way through it. We have to stay faithful and persevere. We cannot stop. It is so important that we trust God with everything we do, that we keep getting up. You know, and secondly, just because you don't see progress doesn't mean God's not working. You know, God is always at work. He never stops. You know, sometimes in my life I face something and it's been like nothing's changing, nothing's changing, nothing's changing. Then all of a sudden overnight everything changes. It is so important that we stay faithful and we stay into what God has called us to do. It's not easy being a Christian nowadays. It's not easy. 
to share your faith. It takes faithfulness and it takes courage, it takes preparation, and it takes perseverance. If God's put somebody in your heart, don't give up on them. Don't ever give up on them. Maybe you're not the person that's called to bring him to point A to point Z. Maybe you bring him to point B and you know, and start the domino effect. But God has called you to do something. And don't ever think something God has called you to is doesn't matter because it's something small. You know, everybody ever heard of the butterfly effect? A butterfly flaps his wings, the wind, and then there's a hurricane. It's called the butterfly effect. It's small. It's called momentum. And momentum has to keep moving. It is so important that we remember, if we don't see God at work, it doesn't mean he isn't working. He never stops. He never stopped on me in my life. He's never stopped on you. He will always be there. Your progress tomorrow will depend on your perseverance today. If you give up today, tomorrow will never change. You know, like I can't tell you throughout the years, like I said, being a pastor is not easy. There's been days that I wanted to just say, I'm done. And I always think about, what if Christ would have done that when he's carrying the cross? I'm done. You're not listening to me. I give up. This is too hard. No, he carried the cross for each and every one of us. He persevered. And because of his sacrifice, we are free. We can't drop our cross. We have to persevere. If you stop trying today, tomorrow will never change. That is what is so important to always, always remember. You know, Joshua, they marched around the city for six days when they were at Jericho. I'm sure the troops were like, what are we doing here? I mean, they're just walking around the church. I mean, around the church, around Jericho for six days. And then on the seventh day, what do they do? They get the worship team out front, the trumpets and the priests. I mean, I'm sure the people of Jericho were thinking, what are they doing? And I'm sure the army was like, those guys are going to get killed. And when the trumpets blew, the walls came down. That's what our life, we have to lead with our worship, with our faith. You know, the battle came later and it was given over to them because they were faithful. The walls collapsed. Jericho fell. It is so important to always remember that God is at work. No matter where we are, no matter what situation is, what even if we can't see it, he's at work. You know, I've had God answer prayers before I prayed them, and I've had other ones I'm still praying. You know, it's like when my mom died, my, both my boys were very close to their grandma. Michael accepted Christ with, like, he, he was like instantaneously. Josh was mad at God, and I was praying every day, every day that he would accept Christ. He loves God, but he was so hurt because his grandma died. And I tried to explain to him that, you know, grandma's in a better place. It was my mom. I miss her too. And I'll never forget, I was coming here to the youth group. My son asked me, how do I accept Jesus? In the back of my car. (laughs) And we prayed the prayer on the turnpike on the way here. I wanted to pull over so bad and hug him. (laughs) But in my mind, I didn't see God at work. All I seen was my son's anger. And he was at work. Yeah, I was mad God took my mom. 
But I understood it was her time. I mean, I pray. I don't think I've ever prayed harder in my entire life for anything after she had a stroke. And I even prayed that God would bring her back because I believe the Scriptures where we have that power. And it didn't happen. But a little boy didn't understand that. It took time for God to heal him. Little by little. Seeing his brother's faithfulness, my faithfulness, his mom's faithfulness. So believe me, people, when we don't see God at work, he's at work. He may be moving that stone a millimeter, but you know there's coming a point when it gets to that tipping point, it's going to be gone. We have to walk around our Jericho in our lives. And it may take six days, it may take seven days, it may take a year. But at some point in time, God is going to move and big things are going to happen. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, things happen. And it's always awesome. I love when the Holy Spirit shows up in a church service because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it is amazing. And like I said, we always have to persevere because God is at work and He persevered for each and every one of us. He never dropped His cross. He never stopped. He asked one time for this, this cup could be passed. And He said, Your will be done, not mine. He was obedient. He persevered. And because of that, are we free? One more second. And the last point I want to talk about is we need to be brave. It is so important that we be brave and that we pray bravely. You know, how to pray courageously. You know, it tells us there has never been a day like that before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. They prayed. It is so important when we pray to pray boldly. To ask some I want somebody this week to ask God something outrageous. Trust him. Have the faith to ask him for something outrageous. And keep praying. It will happen. Go to battle for someone else. Go before the Lord for someone else. You know, like every morning I pray for my family, I pray for my friends and our pastors. I pray pray for my kids. You know what? Half the time I forget to pray for anything for me. And it's so important that we pray boldly and ask boldly, that we have the strength, the courage to go before the cross and ask God to heal, ask God to bring somebody we care about to Him. Secondly, we have to trust God's promise, like I talked about early, earlier. God has never made a promise He did not keep. You know, He says He's coming back soon. I think it's going to be real soon. I do believe time is short. I believe that that is why so many of us are under so much spiritual attack is because Satan is ramping up his game because he knows his time is short. It is so important that we remember that Jesus is coming back. You know, I'm a big time eschatology guy. I love studying end times. I mean, I have no books and files to it. And... I get a lot of friends who ask me questions. They're like, who do you think the Antichrist is? I said, I ain't looking for him. I'm looking for Jesus. I don't care who he is. He means nothing to me. Jesus is everything. You know, one of these days that sky's going to split open and we're out of here. You know, stop looking for this politician or this politician. Stop looking for a savior. A savior isn't coming from Air Force One. He's coming from the sky. And that is where we get so lost. We get so caught up with what's earthly that we forget about the heavenly. 
You know, I don't care who Satan is, where and he's coming or who he's coming, because I know that we're out of here before. You know, Pastor Phil's going to be driving the bus, and we're out of here. <laughs> You know, I always thought about when I first became a Christian, I was like, I wanted to be one of the guys left behind and fight the good fight. The more I studied end time prophecy, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> you know? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was like that. And I'm like, the more I study, because I find it so fast, and I'm like, no, locusts, and no, I'm good. <laughs> I know Jesus. I'm out of here. Let the 144,000 witnesses handle us. It is so important that we remember God's promise. He keeps every promise. Like I said, praise something outrageous. Trust God. Show the faith that you have. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will, will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And that's John 12, uh, John chapter 14, 12 through 14. The five most powerful prayers you can pray during a crisis is one for family. Pray for your family. Pray for your kids. Pray for protection for them, especially nowadays. And be so important that you stay in your kids' lives. Be in your business. Be, and listen, be there for them. You know, I'll be honest, when I come home from work, I'm tired. My day starts at 4.45 in the morning. I'm tired when I walk in the door. But you know what? I'm never too tired to sit and hear about my kids' days. I don't care if it's about Fortnite or my son asking me Star Wars stuff, which he gets way too deep in that, but... Make the time because it's important to them. Let them know you're always there to talk to. Because if they can talk to you about the small stuff, they can talk to you about the big stuff. You know, like I said, my kids ask me questions about God. And sometimes they catch a passerby where, can God make a rock too big that even he can't pick up? Uh, no, because it goes against his will. Uh, against, but, I mean, just like, did my favorite from my son was, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? No, I don't think so, because they were made by God. <laughs> but I'm just saying, take time to answer the question. I can't, even a no question or time is not well spent being with your family and your children. That always has to be important. And except for, pray for generosity. Pray for generosity of the Spirit. Pray for generosity. You know, tithing is not is hard, but... You, it's, you have to tithe. You know, God will, will bless you if you tithe. God will bless you when you give of yourself. Nothing you ever give to God does not come back tenfold. And that's not the gospel of prosperity. That's just the facts. You know, we have to be generous with our time, with our patience, with every part of ourselves, because Jesus has always been generous to us. You know, and pray for a cure. Like I said, pray... Boldly, ask the Lord for a cure. You have a loved one that's sick. Pray for it. Pray for it. And just always remember that God has the victory either way in it. You know, I had a good friend of mine. I actually performed his wedding, sir. He was giving six months to live. He had kidney cancer. And it went everywhere. 
He was marrying the love of his life. And he goes, I don't care if I have six days, six minutes, six hours, I want to be with her. And I performed the service. Our church did a wedding service in 15 minutes. We were set up for a wedding, including a refreshments and stuff afterwards. It was, and he said something to me. He goes, right now I'm praying for a cure. And he goes, you know, either way it's a win-win situation. And I'm like, how is it a win-win? You're dying. He goes, he goes, if I win, if I get cured, I get to stay here with my wife. He goes, if I die, I get to go to be with the Lord. So Jesus has, either way, there's a victory. You know, like my mom, I prayed for a cure. I prayed for her to come back, but she went to be with God. She's right now with my two sisters, with my grandparents. The victory, either way. You know, pray for the cure. Have the faith to pray for a cure. And ask boldly. Fourth is pray for your leaders. Pray for your church leaders. Pray for the people in Washington. Really pray for them. <laughs> it is so important that we pray for our leaders. I mean, yeah, they're imperfect people. But we need to pray that God changes their heart because He can change anybody's heart. He turned Saul into Paul. He can change the heart of the leaders. We have to boldly go before the throne and ask for that. You know, the, the fight begins when a warrior gets on their knees and starts to pray. When you get on your knees and raise your hands, that's when the battle begins. And we need to have the courage to go before the throne. Pray for our leaders. And last but not least, pray for the church. Pray for our brothers and sisters here. Pray for the churches across the world. The churches that are getting sued for being open in California. You know, pray for them. It's going to come a time when we're being... Persecution is going to get a lot worse. We need to pray for the church that we are strong, we are bold, we are warriors, we are equipped, and we are out there to fight the fight, to fight the good fight, and to stay faithful. Because it's not going to get any easier. The new normal is never, you know, I hate that saying. You know what the new normal is? Jesus is coming back. We're never going back to the way it was. You know, when the church shut down, I was broken. It, it killed me. It's like the biggest part of my life is taken away. But you know what? Next time, I don't care. I'll be out in the parking lot preaching. I don't care. I am not stopping. Hey, if I get put in jail, I'm in good company. Peter, Paul, John, they've all been in jail. I don't, I don't care. I am here. I am called to share the gospel. You are called to share the gospel. It is so important that we stay strong, we stay courageous, and we are warriors. Put on your armor every day. Be prepared for a battle. And just always never let Satan trick you to think that we haven't already won this. We fight from victory, not for victory. That is what's so important. And our reward is not here. You know, I, there was that one book out in your best life now. I'm looking at it like, I hope not. <laughs> Our best life is in heaven with Jesus, with our family, with our friends. You know, I just, I read the picture, the description of heaven. The streets are gold and jewels. And my friends are like, yeah, it's all about money. I go, no, it has no value there. They use it to pave the streets. That's how important not hanging on to this world is. Heaven is a, 
awesome place. I mean, Jesus has been preparing it for us for 2,000 years. He made the world in seven days. What do you think heaven's going to be like? And we all are going, but the most important thing is we need to take one more with us every day. Try to take one more person with us to heaven. Let's fill the bus. So when Jesus comes back, there ain't going to be nobody sitting in the church. There ain't going to be nobody that you know going to be here. That is what's so important. You know, like I said, I'm ready to go when Jesus comes. I look forward to it every day. I would love to sit back and hear the news, though, the next day, just to hear how they explain this. <laughs> I want to hear the explanation, but that's just me being the way I am. Jesus is coming back. We are warriors. We are courageous. We are prepared, and we are brave. And we have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that cared so much that He came down to be with us. You know, every other religion, we got to work our way to God. We're the one true religion where God came to us. He reached out to us. He fights for us. He loves us. He picks us up the hundred times we fall. He never is not there. He never judges us for our mistakes. He, he rewards us for our victories. And People, I'm telling you, the way things go in the world, we need warriors. We need to reach the public. We need to reach our friends, our family, because time is short. And I don't want anybody to go to hell. <laughs> That's not a good place. <laughs> we need to love like Christ, speak the truth, prepare our sword, and be ready. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your words. I thank you for the love of Jesus Christ. I thank you for salvation, grace, and for seeking us out every day. And for above all, for loving us when we were unlovable. Thank you, Lord. In your heavenly name I pray. Amen.